Wine Work and Passion is brought to you by the Napa Valley Wine Academy, America's premier wine school and two-time winner of the WSET Global Wine Educator of the Year Award. You can find a course that's right for you at NapaValleyWineAcademy.com and use the code in our show notes for a special discount. Welcome, wine enthusiasts and job seekers. I'm your host, Karen Wetzel, and Wine, Work, and Passion is the podcast where we inspire you to make a career out of your passion for wine. Having a job as a wine brand ambassador sounds pretty awesome, but do you ever wonder what it really means? Well, today's guest is Chrissy Friends. She's a program director for Vitro Ad Agency and oversees a fine wine brand ambassador program for a popular wine and spirits portfolio. In this episode, Chrissy is going to fill in the blanks and solve the mystery that surrounds this sometimes elusive role. Stay tuned until the end of the show, and she'll tell you how to get your great job as a brand ambassador in the wine industry, too. So, hi, Chrissy. How are you today? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for joining the program today. I'm excited to introduce you to the audience. Can you tell our audience who you are and what you do in the wine industry? Sure. Um, my name is Chrissy Frentz, and I'm the program director at Vitro Agency, and I oversee a brand ambassador program on behalf of a fine wine and spirits portfolio. Wow. That sounds like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I know the, this uh, term brand ambassador, you know, there's a lot of forms that it, it can come in, but I think it sounds like such a cool job to be an ambassador of wine. Um, but I don't think most people really understand what opportunities there are, what kind of things there are we can do. So that's where I want to go with you today. So uh, that was why uh, when a friend of ours, Brie Gist, put us together, um, I had asked her, uh, I was looking for someone who kind of does what you do. And I thought well, this would be something really cool to bring to the audience. So I hope the audience enjoys learning about this. So tell us a little bit about your personal background, your work background, you know, your credentials, roles that you've had, just give me, give us the lowdown on you. Sure. So I um, originally went to school for public relations. And then once I graduated, I just worked part-time in restaurants. And then I started doing part-time kind of pr promotional gigs. So I did, um, when you see people in liquor stores sampling wine and spirits, or even in restaurants and things, the girls kind of walking around with shot trays. Uh, I got into that a little bit. And then, that sounds fun for a young girl just out of college. It oh, sounds like a lot of fun. It was super, super fun. I actually met a lot of friends through it. And then through meeting people, they would refer me to other promotions, special events, um, tons of things going on in the city with uh, liquor promotions and kind of almost even large scale events too, where there might be a huge liquor sponsor where they needed somebody to help kind of get the name out there. Are you talking about like a festival kind yep. of thing or yes. a convention of some sort? Yep, both. So it could be something like a Chicago Gourmet, like a food and wine festival, or um, something like a music class like Lollapalooza. They may have a little a little tent there with a specific liquor brand where they have people handing out samples and doing quick education on the brands. Oh, okay. And mostly at this point, you're doing mostly spirits, right? Yep. Okay. All yep. right. So moving on from there. So from there, I, um, like I said, I met tons of people in that industry and I uh, just kept working, working my way up from part-time roles. I eventually got a full-time role with the, uh, the Bacardi portfolio. So I worked for an agency for them where I was in charge of staffing the girls who did what I used to do. 
So, oh, nice. so there would be different bars where they would sign up and say, okay, we want someone to come in for two hours on this day. And I would um, staff, staff the team, get them their uniforms, get them the supplies they needed. Um, and I did that for about two to three years. And then from there, I moved over to a different agency um, where I worked on a different spirits portfolio. And we had a brand ambassador program similar to the one I work on now. So from there, I led a team of 12 people in 10 different markets across the country and um, got them set up with what they needed to do their jobs. So if they needed any different assets or work on their account lists or training, um, we put that all together for that team. And then they kind of let them run with it um, in those 10 different markets. The company you work for now is called Vitro. Yes. What it first? Why don't you first tell us how you ended up at Vitro, and then tell us a little bit about Vitro, and then the team that you represent now? Sure. So I was again referred from a previous coworker to Vitro. Um, yeah. they, networking they, guys, networking, that, networking, networking. <laughs> it's it's key. It's it, obviously you can apply to jobs through websites and things like that, but when you know somebody who has a leg in, it makes all the difference. So yeah. I was referred to Vitro and they were starting up a new brand ambassador program back in 2020. And this is an ad agency, right? Or yep. considered an ad agency. Yep. They're an ad agency. They do everything from insights, strategy to huge media campaigns. And this was a new leg. They kind of branched out into field marketing, which is where I came in and uh, started building out this program back in November 2020. So field marketing, that's, that's a cool term. I like that term. <laughs> So originally you were doing more just like you say, like in stores, in restaurants and bars and events, pr just, you know, promoting the brand, talking to customers, turning them onto the product and, and that type of thing. That wasn't really a brand. Was that also called a brand ambassador? It was. That's where the vague term comes in. You can see, you know, if you see job postings that say brand ambassador, it could be something where it's a part-time gig. You do 10 hours a week where you're not fully immersed in the brand, or it could be something like the roles that I work with that are full-time roles. So that is where this field marketing position, mm -hmm. brand ambassador comes in, right? Yep. All right. So we know a little bit about Vitro. Tell us more about the the team that you, that because this is, I think, such a great position for, for a lot of people. Tell us about the, the team you oversee and about those positions within that team. For sure. So I think a lot of people don't even realize that this could be a role, um, which I think it's super exciting when I go out with my friends and I show them a wine list. I go, this wine isn't just on this list for no reason. Somebody worked to get it here and it could have been a brand ambassador. So right. their goals are usually they have anywhere, it depends on the program, but anywhere from 50 to 100 accounts in their home, in their home market. And it's their goal to build relationships with those accounts do staff trainings, maybe do an activation to get people to try wine or spirits. Um, they might do trade outings to help better build relationships with the people who are working in these accounts. And um, they also do large scale events. Like I mentioned before, they could do something like South Beach Food and Wine or something like a music festival and things like that. Anywhere where they can help better explain the brand and get liquid to lips to the customers. Liquid the lips. I love yep. that. <laughs> I used to work for a guy who used to say that a lot. Yep. <laughs> Liquid the lips. So how does this differ from a, a rep that works for a wine distributor that also has a list of accounts, also trying to get placements, also doing wine dinners and functions? How is this different? 
the distributor actually can sell, obviously, and the brand ambassador is kind of viewed as an asset. So they can go in and sell and say, you know, take in this many cases, this is what it costs. And then brand investors there to say, okay, well, rather than having the wine sit there, I can help educate on, you know, what it pairs well with. And I can come in and um, get the consumers to try it, maybe do a tasting, or I could take your team out and show them um, like a deeper dive into the wines. Maybe they're taking them, maybe they're meeting them in Napa or um, just, they're more an education side and uh, activating around the wines. And so... A distributor sales rep in many cases, not all cases, would have a large portfolio covering many, many suppliers, many wineries, where a brand ambassador under your umbrella focuses on either one brand or a small group of brands that come from one larger supplier, for instance. Um, And so they have a, a finite number of products to talk about where the distributor rep has to answer to a lot of masters right? They got goals from all their suppliers and all their brands and you're, and so it sounds to me that your brand ambassador doesn't really take the order. Well, they might take the order, but they don't have anything to do with delivery. They just have to pass that on to the distributor, I'm assuming? Correct. Yep. They're, they're mainly there to be the experts. So like you just said, with they have the, either one brand or a smaller portfolio. They are the experts on those brands. So the distributor may have hundreds of brands they sell every day, this person that goes in with them, they're the expert on like the specific portfolio that they're trained on. Where was this when I was in distributor sales? We I, had to do it all. Yep. <laughs> so you said that the brand ambassador works in their market. So there's not a lot of long travel time or, you know, they're not covering multiple states or anything like that. I've seen it before where some might, but in our current program, everyone sticks to their market. So if you are Miami, all your accounts are in Miami. If you're LA, you might be LA, you might touch a little bit of Orange County, but you stick to within there just to become like the face of the brand in your one spot. And are are these roles mostly in large cities? So far, our program is currently in the larger cities, but I have seen them in smaller ones. It all depends okay. on the goals of what the clients want. So if the clients want to win in Nashville, they'll put someone in Nashville. If they want to own New York City and have the best, you know, wine lists in New York City, they'll put people there. Okay. And so I know your team represents a big company, a group of wines within that big company, not all their products. Do do competing companies also use your suppliers, use your, use uh, Vitro as well for this? Or right now, is that, is this the only company in your world doing this? Um, This is the only company at Vitro that we do something like this, but there are tons of agencies out there that have different portfolios. So prior to this, I worked at another agency and they had brand ambassadors for Pernod Ricard. And then prior to that, um, at the other agency I worked at, they had brand ambassadors for Bacardi. So a lot of the, the top suppliers hire their own agencies to do programs like this. And your team is representing some of the brands within Constellation. Yep, their fine wine and craft spirits portfolio. I was going to say, so it's all it's all their fine wine and fancy liquors, fancy mm-hmm. spirits. Yep. Okay, got it. So I want to go back a little bit to the role itself of a brand ambassador. Um, so let's let's talk about some a, a, a little more specifically about some of the things you mentioned. So they get an account list. And they might go in and what, meet with the buyer? Do they taste with the buyers? Yep. 
basically almost making a sales call, but always with the idea of, of not just an order, not just taking an order like a distributor rep might do occasionally, but they're going in with the idea in mind that they're going to make a new placement of some sort. Correct? Correct. And is it, it so your team represents how many brands for Constellation? Um, there's about six of the fine wine and then probably the same for craft spirits. Okay. And for each account, is it, does the brand ambassador get to pick what wines they want to present to that account or what spirits? Yep. They'll go in and look at the wine, the current wine list and see like right. maybe they're, maybe they're missing a, something that they think the account can do well with. So if they look at the wine list, they might say, you know, I've noticed you're missing a, a cab. Let me taste you right. on this one. Or I think this, this brand is a great fit for your restaurant based on this, this, this. Yeah. Maybe it's a, a lot of millennials hang out there. So maybe something in, you know, like a prisoner or something in that more trendy category might fit in better. So yep. it sounds to me like for, at least for that part of the job, um, maybe some sales skills or at least some good people skills uh, would be in order. Is it a requirement to have previous sales experience? Nope, it's not a requirement. And I um, think you just nailed it by saying people skills. The, the best thing that can help you with this role is relationship building. So even if you have previous relationships, you can go in and say, hey, I'm Chrissy and I now represent these brands. And I know we've worked a lot together. I think you would like uh, these on your list. And this is the reason you have credibility already because you already have the relationship. Um, and you already know what works well, maybe in that restaurant or with that buyer. But um, any new relationships that are built through this role, like you'll have those for life. So even if you don't have this job forever, you have built those relationships in your home market and you can take those on with you for whatever your future holds. Right. And then you talked about like evaluating a wine list and looking for, for holes or, or voids that your brands can fill. And I really, I used to, when, I, when I used to train sales reps, I, that's exactly what I would tell them. Look at the wine list and, you know, maybe they have a lot of cab, but maybe they don't, maybe they don't have any Zinfandel. Or maybe they have five cabs and none of them are from Alexander Valley. Um, and you have a wine from Alexander Valley. So, you know, covering all the bases and, and how to really look at that. Now, um, okay, so sales, some, uh, not, some sales or relationship building, not, and not necessarily relationship building that they know every restaurant in town, but Maybe just, you know, maybe they've worked in retail before. Would that be right? Or maybe they've worked in a restaurant before and they kind of understand the process. Is that fair to say? Yep. Our, our current, we have three fine wine ambassadors right now. One has a supplier background. One okay. has distributor background. And the other one is worked at a restaurant previously. So to, they all help each other. And, hey, this is how I can combat this. This is how I can right. break through this place. Um, the person who previously worked in a restaurant it's very interesting to hear his approach because he knows what buyers want to hear. He knows what they right. don't want to hear. He knows exactly how to go in there and not basically waste anybody's time. Yeah, that's my background. I started off I started off in the restaurant business and ultimately became the wine buyer. And then I moved to a distributor job. And that's what the distributor liked is that, you know, I would have insight into what a buyer needs, might need and want. And so even if you're not a buyer in a restaurant, just working in a restaurant, understanding a wine list, how how a wine gets placed, how the how the mechanics of it all work can be very useful. And distributors and suppliers both 
will hire also hire out of the restaurant industry. So if you're really look at, looking to get into wine and you have zero experience, get a job in the restaurant industry because it's a great springboard, you know, early on to get you, you know, that exposure to wine and, and learn everything you can while you're there. So, so that's good. All right. So they make a sales call. They look for new op- placement opportunities. And then you mentioned some other things that they do. So you said they do events. Explain that. Yep. So they will do either events that they lead themselves. They might see an opportunity, maybe if a winemaker is coming to their market and they want to do something to bring buyers to meet the winemaker. They might put together an event and curate it to kind of an immersive event. So if the winery is very organic, farm-to-table style, they may do a farm-to-table dinner. They might um, bring in some additional decor and items like that just to really so oh, so really a little bit. Yeah, zhuzh it up. Exactly. Um, and, and they're doing these events uh, like a winemaker dinner at a restaurant kind of thing or maybe even a bigger venue? Uh, both. So just okay. so they could do it at, at a restaurant or they can do something completely different at like a uh, recently we had a brand ambassador do an event at a garden. So she took um, a couple buyers out to do some wine tastings, a little bit of a light dinner, and then they walked through this garden just to not necessarily stay in restaurants all the time. Like, let's get out and see what the city has to offer. Let's hang out for right. the night. And sometimes the audience is not just one buyer. It could be an event that you're doing not at a particular restaurant or maybe at a particular restaurant where you're bringing in other buyers in the market that can have exposure to these products. It's a treat for them mm-hmm. and they get to know products. Now I'm curious how, well, I, I got a couple more questions and I'll go to that question. So then you also mentioned outings. Can you describe what that would be like? Um, it kind of depends on each market. So an outing that someone might do in Southern California will be different than Chicago, but just catering it to what the audience would want to do at that time in that city. So for example, summer in Chicago, um, our brand ambassador might take a team out on a boat for the day and do wine tastings on a boat. Who's on this team? Is this a team from a restaurant? It could, yeah, it could be. It could be, you know, hey, you guys did great this year and we were all, um, you gave us great support for the year and I'd love to take you out and taste you on some wines while enjoying fireworks and dinner. Right. Or something like that. So that could be okay. a fun outing, or it could be something as simple as a, an existing tasting. Like, hey, I'm going to be at this um, food and wine festival. I'd love for you to come and see me at booth, you know, 10 okay. and try our, our new wines. Gotcha. Or if you have a multi-unit restaurant or a retailer, maybe take all their managers golfing or something yep. where you're where you're promoting your brands while you're there. Yep. Gotcha. So... Your brand ambassadors, how do they get, a couple things, how do they get their marching orders? Like, how do they get direction on what the key priorities are? Is is that coming from from the supplier to you and then you to the ambassadors? Or are they dealing directly with the supplier they're representing? Um, So I work very close with the supplier. So there's a contact on the supplier side and then myself, and we will discuss their KPIs, key performance indicators. And those are their goals for the year. So it might be something like 30 staff trainings, um, three trade events, 10 consumer tastings. So we lay out the goals and then we line those up with what the goals are for the supplier for the year. So if they say we're focusing on X brand 
in February. So that in February, the brand ambassadors know to work on staff trainings for that brand. And would, would placements, new placements, wineless placements, drink menu placements, that would be included in those yep. KPIs, those, yep. those product initiatives, key, key performance indicators. Oh, yes, yes. And um, yep, placements. I've been out of the distributor business for a few years, but I remember them well. Okay. Um, all right. So they get all these goals and you map them out and they report to you. So who communicates information to the distributor? Is it the ambassador, like for sending in product, like, hey, I got this placement, they need sh shipment by Friday or whatever. Who would who would communicate that? The brand ambassadors have a local contact. So every brand ambassador yeah. will have their local client and that client will then go to the distributor. Oh, oh so the account itself, it's on them to order the product. Yes. I got you. Okay. That's interesting. So, okay. Is there ever an opportunity for the brand ambassador to give, you know, Joe salesman, Hey, I, this guy committed to this new product. When you see him next, can you make sure it happens or make, you know, can you remind, does that happen? Yes. I would think yep. there's gotta be some working together there. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The brand ambassador can connect and say, you know, I had a great meeting with so-and-so they want to move forward with this order. Can you pop in there? Definitely. Okay. And, and the ambassador, brand ambassador doesn't get credit until products on the shelf or delivered on the wine list or yeah, printed on the wine list. Yep. It's more, um, it's more of those KPIs I was talking about. So once, once they go in and if they get a placement, they go into a reporting tool that we have and they'll say, I went to this account, I got this on the wine list and they might add a picture or something to show the wine listing. So and, they have, okay. So that yeah. they have to sort of show proof of that. Yep. I like this. All right, this is very interesting. Um, again, this this role really didn't exist when when I was either at the distributor really or the supplier, um, and it does take the pressure off of the suppliers from having to. I mean, they ha it gives them another another sales rep in the market without having to manage them, pay them. You know, they have like you said, they just call you and they get three for the price of one, basically one contact, three salespeople. So that's kind of cool. Now. How I, I don't necessarily need to know dollar wise, but because I'm sure every market's different. But how does a brand ambassador get paid? So our program is everybody's full time. So full time benefits. This is this okay. is this is their job. Like this is their gig. Um, it keeps everybody pretty busy, but it's it's a fun role. Okay. I have I have seen other um, liquor and wine portfolios that might have someone as a consultant that maybe they get paid like a monthly flat rate. I've seen part-time in certain markets, maybe that aren't as big or not as big of a priority, but our program, everybody's full-time. Okay. So when you say full-time, that means they get hospitalization, regular, yes. normal benefits. Yep. But do they get reimbursement for expenses? Like if they're meeting with restaurants, they're probably occasionally buying a glass of wine or eating lunch or, you know, driving distances. Do they get reimbursed for most of that kind of thing? There, I'm assuming there's no actual car allowance or maybe there is. Um, yep. There's a car allowance and there's also a T&E that helps with like gas parking. Um, if you're taking somebody out and having a meeting, you pick up the lunch tab. It's travel and entertainment, right? Yep. Yeah. And then they also have an activation budget. So if they are doing an event, they have a budget that they have to keep track of. It has to last the full year, but they can use that budget to do these tastings or these events, um, the wine dinners and things like that. Okay. So, so you need to have some kind of relationship building skills. We talked about that. You need to have, it's helpful to have some wine knowledge. If you don't have it, you want to get it. 
Um, it sounds like you have to have some, just some an outgoing personality. If you're working for the, at these events or you're conducting a wine dinner, you have to have some kind of presentation skills to some yep. degree. And, you know, when I say that, some people might say, well, I never took a class. Some, you know, for some people it comes naturally. I didn't take a class for 20 years before, <laughs> before I was in the industry 20 years. It just came naturally. So don't, you know, I'm not saying you have to run off and take a class, although it never hurts to do some, something like that. Okay. So presentation skills. Um, and then managing these budgets. So, you know, keeping track of your receipts, managing the budgets, the activation budgets, you have to have a little bit of organizational skills for that, but also organizational skills to balance. A hundred accounts is no joke. Right. I mean, that's a lot. And you, you have a lot of moving parts. You have to be able to keep track of your KPIs, making sure you're hitting all your marks. So there's a little bit of, it doesn't sound like it's a paper bomb, but it sounds like there is some paper work to be done. Yes. Yeah. And everybody works a little bit different. So some people right at the end of the day, they'll look back on all the visits they did and they'll do the reporting every day. Some people mm -hmm. will save Monday for an admin day and go, okay, right. what did I do last week? Let me get my receipts together. And then my side, I monthly will have to send everybody they, where they stand on their KPIs, where they are with their budgets. This so is you recap them yep. in, at, based on what they've sent you. Yep. I recap the brand investors and then I re recap the clients, the suppliers. Gotcha. So maybe one day of admin, four days of being out and doing your thing. Yep. Sounds like a fun job. I think it sounds really fun. I work remote in a home office, so they're out having fun and I'm doing the admin uh, recapping <laughs> side, but that's what I love to see. Right. But they don't report to an office physically. They work, they basically work from home when they're not in the market, like they're recapping and everything from home, right? Yep. Correct. Okay. And I'm assuming there's some meetings, company meetings and that type of thing, or team meetings anyway, you know, periodically. So what kind of training would you, so let's say somebody, you hired the person from the restaurant, okay. Who probably didn't have really a lot of sales experience, I'm guessing. Although I actually think if you're a good waiter, you have sales experience because to be a good one, you have to have that. But didn't have formal sales experience. What kind of training would you offer somebody who was coming in a little cold? So from the start, when we kicked off this program, um, Constellation had built out, it was almost every Monday where we went through different ways of, this is how you can be organized this way. Here are some um, skills to work on for sales. Here's how to work best with the distributor. So we did trainings with Constellation and then I led trainings on kind of the admin side of this is how you do expense reports. This is how you do your reporting. This is how okay. um, you can, if you do all of these things four days a week, this is how you can hit your goal at the end. So we did trainings like that. And then there's a lot where when they're out in the field, you'll learn from who you're working with. So they might, okay. so the local supplier, the local client might say, hey, you did really great at this, but next time you should kind of lead with this because they're also the experts in the field from their side. So I think yeah. everybody, you pick up, you know, so-and-so did this really well. I'm going to pick this up from them. Or, oh, I should train somebody, to, you know, on this wine to talk about it this way. So everyone kind of trains each other and picks up. Okay. So you have training on the, on the logistics stuff, the reporting, the sales calls, how to make a sales call, how to keep organized. Is there any wine or spirits training that they get? Yes. So there's self led training in these portals that already exist. And then within the first few months of the role uh, that we take the team out to Napa and they'll visit the wineries out there or the spirits team 
um, we'll go out to visit the distilleries and things. But yes, they'll do they'll do both. So online because of COVID, and then eventually when we can travel, we go out to see the winery. I have a, I have a question: Are you are you having the, Are they using the same brand modules that the Constellation team uses? Uh, yes. Well, I wrote those. Oh, you did. <laughs> Not the most recent ones, but a lot of them were still. Brie told me. My friend Bree from Constellation said they're still using them. Oh, I didn't. Amazing. I'm not in them, but I but I actually developed those. So that was kind of fun. That was a good. That was a fun project. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure which brands they're still using of the ones that I that I facilitated. But and I think most of them the updates have been pretty small. So anyhow, just kind of a fun fact. We're we're connected in other ways as well. Yes, I, I did those and they were great. <laughs> yeah, good, good, um, very good. A good friend of mine did a lot of the narration. And he was great, Alan. He was wonderful. We talked about, you know, what what do you need to become an ambassador? We talked about the qualifications. Not really, they don't need to necessarily have a specific qualification. But if you were looking for that ideal candidate, I'm guessing that maybe some excel, some kind of sales experience in their past, whether it's selling wine and spirits or just something else might be helpful. And I'm guessing that, you know, having, you know, wine credentials may not be required, but sure could push someone to the top of a list, maybe if they had like a WSET or something like that. Would I be correct in saying that? Yeah, definitely. Because you want the people representing your brands to be the experts. So right. if they're going into a meeting with the wine buyer, you want them to know what they're talking about and be able to hold like the conversation. So right. definitely the credentials would help for sure. And it's just also sales experience is a plus, but also just being a people person and someone who right. can present and someone who is passionate about wine. Yeah. Having hired a lot of salespeople in my career, in my previous life, I can tell you it was great to have somebody come in with sales experience, but there were many people that walked in the door with no sales experience that blew me away, just came naturally to them and they made great salespeople. So yeah, you're right. You don't just discount the fact that they don't have it. I'm going to just give a little shameless plug here for the Academy, for the Napa Valley Wine Academy, because we are a WSET specialist. We are actually the largest WSET provider in the U.S., um, actually in the world with the exception of London. And um, we also come out with the highest score averages from our students. So if anybody is thinking that, gee, maybe if I got a wine credential, it might give me a little edge, uh, NapaValleyWineAcademy.com is a great place to go. Um, and up, up and through level Two, we have, we one and two, we do all online. We do it live as well, but you can do it all online. Level three, you can do a hybrid where it's mostly online and then you can take your test live. Um, but you know, wouldn't need a diploma for something like you have, or even a level three. A level one or two would probably, you know, give you enough of an edge, right? Wouldn't you think? Yeah, our current team has the level two. And then one new KPI that we're adding for this next year is continuing education. So we're encouraging Perfect. the team to go for the level three. Well, NapaValleyWineAcademy.com. <laughs> okay, very, very good. All righty. So what is the best part, would you say, of having a role on your team as a brand ambassador? Um, I think, like I mentioned before, the relationship building. So they're they're getting in with the top accounts, like these are all fine dining accounts where they, you know, care, care about their wine lists and care about what they bring in. So I think those relationships and getting into those accounts, so they might get introduced from the distributor that already has the relationship. They're now in the relationship and they, they have those for life. So I think that is a big win. And I think also seeing your hard work 
come to life. So seeing the numbers, like because of, you know, so-and-so in Miami, they, they did this many staff trainings and there were this many attendees. And because of them, like all of these people now know about this winery. Um, so I think looking at the numbers is really rewarding or also because of an event, like you did an event and you poured all day. Maybe it was 90 degrees outside and it was chaotic and crazy, but looking at it at the end, you, you know, sampled out 2000 people tried the wines that you work on. Right. Yeah. That can be really gratifying. Just reaching that many people, to, you know, getting that many people, getting exposure with that many people. Um, is there, is there a downside to this job? I hate to end on a negative note, but. <laughs> I mean, we, we kicked off in 2020. So the COVID has been a huge challenge and having different States where Florida and Texas pretty much open and then right. California, Illinois, other States were, were closed off. So we had to pivot a lot to virtual tastings or mm -hmm. virtual events and things. So that, that was kind of a bummer, but we pivoted and now everybody is a professional virtual trainer. <laughs> right. Um, and I think too, another tricky part, but the most rewarding is overcoming anyone who's like rejecting. If they say, oh no, that winery, that's not for our, that's not for our customer base. If you can get right. over that hump and get on that wine list, knowing that they originally said that, that's a huge, huge win and um, great challenge to overcome. Yeah. I think, you know, sales, pe people hear the word sales and they can be very intimidated. I don't think I can sell anything. And it's really funny if you think about all the ways that everybody sells all day long in their lives, they may talk their boss into a, a new idea. You might, you know, when you're a kid, you're talking to your mom into buying you that, you know, that new bicycle. There's, we've all been selling our whole lives and there isn't, I had, I managed 36 salespeople at one time and none of them were the same. They all had like really, really different personalities and, but they all got to the same place in their own way, in their own time. And I think if you're, if this sounds interesting, but the sales piece of it kind of intimidates you a little bit, if, if you can just make relationships with people, if you can connect with people, that's really what sales is. It's all about that, that all important uh, relationship. And, you know, having, having gone through that myself, I had no sales experience when I started selling wine. Um, it didn't take me long to realize the goals, the numbers, those, those take care of themselves if you just stay organized and, and you just, you just keep making those relationships. When you have the relationships, it's easy to say, Hey, I really want to get in front of your staff next week. Um, you know, can you, can you give me time to do a training? And they're like, of course I can. We've got this really, you know, you're helping me sell more products. So of course I will. So don't, you know, for those of you who are a little hesitant about maybe the goals or the sales piece of it, don't let that stop you from trying something new because you're probably pretty much, you're probably pretty natural at it more than you would think you, you might be. So that's just my learning thing. Okay. So anything else you want to add about your company or about the team or anything like that? Um, I would just say kind of going off what you just said with um, going and don't be scared of not having sales experience. If you have passion, people can tell. Uh, right. I've, I've been trained when I used to do the random promotions right out of college. I would get trained on a call about like a lotion sample I was doing. And it the person would be so passionate about it who was training us that it made me want to do great. Right. So if you're really passionate and you're doing a staff training at an account, they're the staff's going to take that in and they're going to be excited. Like, oh, I right. want to sell it and like impress so-and-so. And then when they come in, they're going to tell you, hey, you know, I did this many bottles the other day or really own what they're doing because they're passionate because you passed on your passion. Right. And I also think, you know, sort of on the same line, 
Um, sounds like, you know, you're assigning these ambassadors some of the best accounts in the, t- in the cities where they're in. And it's very likely that some of their buyers are going to have a lot more wine knowledge than they have. It doesn't mean you can't sell. I Believe me, when I started in the wine industry, I literally knew nothing about wine and all of my buyers knew more than me. But you have to be open. You have to listen. You have to admit when you don't know something. Don't go in and try to pretend you know. And it just, and, and sometimes my buyers were teaching me. And like you said, you know, you said something about that a little bit earlier. And, and so the knowledge comes, and I don't think the buyers expect you to know every detail about the soil in Burgundy, but they do expect you to kind of be able to really understand where the wine might fit in, um, what, how, to, how to get it lip, liquid to lips, how to get it, you know, how to get customers to buy it. So you know, this sounds like a great opportunity for people who really want to get in with both feet, learn a lot. Um, you know, it sounds like you can get hired from restaurants, from retailers, from distributors, from suppliers, and and then maybe go back the other way around. Once you've decided this, you want to move on from this, you could probably get picked up by a supplier or distributor if you want to go back in that direction. So sounds like just a really great job. I Again, we didn't have this when I was younger, but I I would have jumped on this in a minute. I think it sounds fun. It is. It is the fun side of it. And then at the end of the day, you don't actually have to place the sale. You're just like when someone walks in, they like they want to see you. You're bringing education. You might buy some wine for the people sitting at the bar while you're there. And you're the fun side of it. Oh, man, I'm going to would they tell your old retired lady? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm not really retired yet, but I'm almost. (laughs) Okay. Um, well, this has been so cool. You know, I I mentioned to you earlier, I always like to close things off with some key takeaways for our audience. So can you tell us, you know, if somebody's going, yeah, this sounds like exactly what I want to do. How do I get into this? Can you give us three action items that somebody could do right now to help them find a job like this? Sure. I would uh, go back to networking like crazy. Like if you work, if you work in a restaurant currently, talk with the suppliers that come in, come with, talk with the sales reps, talk with ambassadors that come in and just chat with them on where they started or show interest because then if they hear of an opening, they'll remember that you're interested. And the other thing too would be if you're at a wine event or in a wine club or something like that, talk with the people who are working there because they may have insights into either how they got there or knowing if somebody's hiring or even if someone, if they have a position for somebody to be a consultant, maybe for a month on something they're working on. But that's another way to kind of get in. And you already know that they're in the industry because you're at a wine event. Right. Well, and they can, at least if nothing else, turn you on to the agency they're working for, even if you end up on a different brand or whatever. So yeah, when you see the guys and gals pouring beer or wine or spirits at at a festival or like you say, any kind of a tasting event, a lot of those are hired from folks like you. And that's a really good point to talk to them as to how they got behind that table. What put them there? Yep. I, I, ask, I ask everyone and everyone I've met in this role where they started and everybody, for the most part, a lot of them came from restaurants. Like I worked in a restaurant and yep. I loved the industry and I wanted to get deeper. And yep. now they work for a supplier, distributor or a brand ambassador role. Yeah. That's sort of my key takeaways, you know, get a little, get a little restaurant experience. If, if you don't have anything else, at least in the, while you're looking for something else, it's just a great breeding ground leading to great wine jobs. So many of us started that way and made really good careers out of it along the way. Anything else you want to add to that list? Um, nope. I would just say um, for any roles 
that are similar to this. I always look at this brand or this website called Force Brands. Force Brands. Forcebrands.com. And they have different categories, but you can select Bev Force. And you, there's a little box for wine. So you can select wine and it'll list all the wine jobs for companies like mine that are hiring brand ambassador roles. Yeah. And and coincidentally, really just a coincidence. Well, actually, you had mentioned them when we talked earlier, but I actually am going to be meeting with Gary and we're going to do a recording uh, about his work um, at Force Brands, which is sort of a, a hub for various wine jobs. And I know you mentioned also, you can search on winejobs.com. Yep. And he's coming. I already interviewed him. It'll it'll play in a couple of weeks. Uh, so I'll have Eric on with winejobs.com because those are just, I always like to bring great resources uh, like people like you. I mean, this is, this is a job that not a lot of people know about. And I'm always really looking for the different angles to get in because most people, when you say wine job, you're thinking either they're working in a tasting room or they're selling wine for a distributor or they're working at a retail shop or something like that. There's so much more to wine jobs, so many other ways of getting in and really living. I always say, you know, when you're in the wine industry, it's not a career, it's a lifestyle. And very few of us ever get out. <laughs> we don't ever want to get out, right? Um, and, uh, you know, my key takeaway is kind of the one I use a lot on the show. But if you are interested in a job and you're looking at job descriptions, um, don't let a job description stand in the way of applying for a job you want. You may not check all the boxes. You may not check very many of the boxes, but take a chance and apply for that job anyway. Try to try to rearrange your resume a little bit so it's a little more wine-centric or focuses on some of the key things that the job is looking for. But remember that job description, It's they're looking for a unicorn. It doesn't exist. So just dive in and your personality might carry you through especially in this type of role. So don't let the qualifications scare you away if you can't check all those boxes. I can't thank you enough, Chrissy. You get me excited. Just, I, I wish I was 30 years younger again. <laughs> I'd be raising my hand. Uh, sounds like a fun job. And and I'm, I think we've really opened our audience's eyes to another, a newer way or a modern way of getting into the wine industry. So, and lots of opportunity. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thanks, audience, for joining me. And I'll see you uh, I'll see you next time. We've got all kinds of great guests uh, lined up, a few of them we just mentioned. So see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to all of you for joining. And I hope today's show has inspired you to make a career out of your passion for wine. If you'd like to have a one-on-one -on -one career coaching session with me, just use the link in the show notes for more information or to schedule an appointment. This podcast is all about helping you follow your dreams. So feel free to send us your suggestions for guests or topics through our email link that's listed in the show notes. And it means an awful lot when you share us with friends or leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join us again for our next episode.